0: Hey, thank you for listening to the Rise Sermon Podcast. We have a bonus episode this week for you. We sat down for team night, and Nolan and I sat and talked about our big rocks, five big goals we have, areas of focus over the coming year, 2022, for our church. And so we just wanted to share those with you. So thanks for listening in and uh, take some time and enjoy and just get a vision and a stirring in your heart and your bones for where we are going as a church. Another thing with, that we do every January is our leadership team. We get away for a couple days to just pray and seek the Lord. on, um, and, and we spend a lot of time evaluating. And 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 planning, and really saying, hey, we're looking at our current realities, what are our what are our areas of weakness um, a, as a church? Um, what are the way, what are the ways we've grown and matured as a church? And looking at our future opportunities, um, what are some of the most important areas of growth and really key key areas for us to focus on um, in the coming year? And, and and we usually you know map that out over the next you know six to eighteen months. If if these are key areas for us to grow in, and if we don't grow in them, um, it, it can lead to potential weaknesses in our mission and maturity. Um, but if we do grow in them, it allows us to continue to make disciples of those who we are connecting with as a church. So, um, Nolan and I, we kind of want to just spend a little bit of time right now, pulling the curtain back and sharing, hey, over this next year, um, what are some of those key focus areas that we're going to be uh, we're going to be growing in? So we're we're going to share five of them and just kind of uh, banter back and forth a little. A little bit about why it's significant and what that looks like and some of our, some of our strategy um, with that. If, if Nolan gets too long-winded, you can start booing, um, and then I'll... <laughs> Yep, or you can do, um, or maybe we can practice clapping. That's one of our big areas of weakness as a church. Yeah, so maybe ne- maybe maybe next year we're we're not we're not charismatic. We need a little bit more Holy Spirit in our church before we get that point. But uh, uh, these are what I would call five big rocks, and uh, I'm actually expl- going to explain the concept of big rocks um, uh, here later um, tonight. But but these are, these are our big goals, big areas of focus. And so uh, the first one is this idea of spiritual. So can you explain why, what is spiritual formation, how we talk about it, how we think about it, and like why would we as a church say, hey, this is actually a key um, area of focus for us in the coming year?
1: Yeah, so when we say the phrase spiritual formation, which sounds like a really cool churchy, I don't know, like uh, buzzword or something, I think it's actually the best term to describe what we mean when we talk about a church growing together in discipleship to Jesus. And why does that matter? Because what else are we actually doing as a church if if we're not doing that? Um, When we talk about spiritual formation, we're talking about being formed into the likeness of Jesus so that everyone who walks through those doors comes in and isn't just sort of like having a positive experience on a Sunday, which... Because of what you just heard from Amy, we're absolutely for. Like, we want people to come and feel welcome, known, loved. But we also want this to be a place where you, over the next uh, two months, three years, ten years, grow, where you actually are developed and changed, formed into something. And so, what is our trajectory as a church? I think uh, Paul labored over this. There's a place in Colossians 1, 28 and 29 where he talks about how he was... Um, He literally toiled with all of God, the Holy Spirit's energy to see what? To see every uh, Christian matured. Mm -hmm. And so we as a church, we're not talking about, um, you know, here's our special plan for your life so that you can become a super religious holy person. You know, like that's, that's actually not what we're talking about. We're talking about growing closer to Jesus and his grace in such a way that you grow more like Jesus in your everyday life. And so this is really important because, and this is the last thing I'll say on it, every single human being is being formed. Yep. Listen, the world right now is forming Christians. The the only question is like, what's forming you? Is it the world? Is it the culture? Is it TV, Netflix, um, your own heart? Like what's forming you? We want to say, what would it look like for Jesus to be that influence on your life? What would it look like for him to be the one that's shaping and forming you in the context of relationship with him?
0: Yeah, and there was kind of this church movement probably 20, 25 years ago that said, hey, the only way to get people to come to church is we need to almost like water down the gospel and the hard truths of it. And so it became about about what was attractional to bring people in. Um, What we're seeing in our world right now is um, the brokenness, the darkness, the hopelessness. You know what is attractive to people? Uh, The movement of God in people's lives. And so this is not, when we talk about spiritual formations, we're we're not just talking about taking believers and making them deeper, right? This is actually, so you can invite your non-believing friends, neighbors, loved ones to church, and they're going to see what it means to actually walk with Jesus. How do I actually do this? We've kind of been talking about this analogy. So when we started as a church plant, we were kind of like a food cart, Right? We're trendy. Like, it's kind of cool. But, like, also, you don't know when we're going to be there and not be there. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of just organized, a little bit messy. Don't look inside the kitchen, you know, that kind of stuff. But, hey, like, we're kind of building a brand. And so, um, when we when we started to look at um, buying and purchasing a home, we started to use this analogy, hey, we're a food cart. We want to become a restaurant. We want to we be a place where people know we're here. Like, we, we are planting a flag in the city saying we are here. And we are open, and we're going to consistently be open as a church. And what's happened is, um, so really, over the last year, we've probably we've pretty much doubled um, in our attendance. In fact, this last Sunday, um, we we served more people, kids and adults, than we even did at Christmas Eve of just you know a, couple, a, a month and a half ago, right? And so we're seeing this mass. Yeah, it's it's worth celebrating. Like. <laughs> Now, now, Rice Kids isn't clapping because they're like, what, "Where do we do with all these children, right?" Okay, stop making making babies, okay, <laughs> or keep making them, be biblical, right? But <clears throat> I, I literally, lost, I just lost my train of thought. Okay, yo, restaurant, we're a restaurant, and what's happening is, uh, what's happening is people are like, "Hey, man, have you?" Have you tried this restaurant? Like, this is, this is amazing. And, and, and people aren't being invited in. And that's a good thing, and we celebrate that. But here's, here's the next step we want to take. We don't want to just be a food cart. We don't want to just be a restaurant. We want to be a culinary school where we are teaching people how to walk with Jesus on their own. So they come in and they feel equipped and empowered to to grow closer with Jesus, to spend time to know him deeply in his word, and, and to walk through those kind of things. And so just to give a brief overview of our, our, our series over the next few um, handful of months, you want to go ahead and pull, pull that up. Uh, so right now, um, we're, we're going through Wired, which speaks to identity. Like, who are you in Christ? How has God made and shaped you? And then um, our, our Eight-year anniversary is on March sixth. We're so excited about it. Um, we're gonna have the big celebration, and, and we're labeling it "Win This City." Um, if you were here yesterday, you can tell that so, that's something we're passionate about. That we are missionaries to our city, and we're gonna actually be doing a, a five-six-week series on that until Easter. Of like, looking at what does it mean that we are missionaries? What does it mean that we are God's plan A for the city? How do we understand um, even the language and the the thinking of culture? in today's day and age. And so it's, all, it's going to be like, okay, what's your identity in Christ? Now, how can we be this army of missionary saints bringing people in, inviting people in? And then once they come in, what does it look like for us to be deeply formed in the ways of Jesus? What does it look like for us to walk in the footsteps of Jesus? There is this beautiful saying uh, that they had in the um, ancient Near East that may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi because you were just walking so closely behind him. We want to be disciples that are covered in the dust of Jesus. Like we look like him, we smell like him, we talk like him. And so that's where we're going. So so that, that's that's big rock number one, okay? Uh, n- number two is uh, this idea of empowering new leaders, okay? explain to me a little bit uh, why does that matter and why is that why is that important why would we why would we say we focus on that as a as a church
1: yeah this is really good because there's no such thing as like a non-contributing passive participant in the kingdom of jesus
0: say what you really think nolan mm. <laughs>
1: There just isn't. Um, one of the fun things I think for leaders in our church is to watch each and every single one of you move like a beehive on mm-hmm. Sunday. Like we walk in here, and half the time Jason shows up like late, you know, like <laughs> with a coffee in hand, We're like what do you, like, just rolling into me, what's up, guys? Like, because the church is covered without bro. Yeah. Like, that's the beautiful thing. When you read the scriptures, he doesn't really show up late, but I had to pretend. Um, when, you, when you read the scriptures, you actually see in Ephesians 4, uh, w- what we do as the church in America that has this kind of model where the assumption is pastors are like those who do the ministry is exactly backwards when you read your Bible. Because <laughs> in Ephesians 4, what does it say? It says that he gave pastors, leaders, evangelists, so forth. Why? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And I've said it before. um, Some people think, like, oh, man, you guys want to raise up leaders, raise up leaders, so that you can kind of create slave labor for Jesus to build a megachurch. And, uh, you know, like, doesn't sound that bad, honestly, like, when I (laughs) hear that. But the truth is,
0: like... You're saying the quiet part out loud right now, Nolan. (laughs) My bad, but...
1: But the truth is, like, it really is easier to build, like, a crowd than it is to equip an army. Mm. That's just true. But the scriptures actually call us to raise. I was literally sitting with uh, folks just before this, doing a little meeting, talking about events and stuff like that. And, um, like, how you guys doing? And one of the guys is sitting there going, like, Jesus is just rocking me because I didn't realize I had this untapped potential by the Holy Spirit and have all these gifts, and I don't know what to do with them. I was like, I have a few ideas for you. <laughs> Um, and so that's what we're called to do. We're called to raise up lead new leaders all across the church.
0: Yeah. And, and if you, uh, how many people have joined our church since COVID has started? Wow. So that's probably about 50% of the room. And that, and that, uh, that number percentage aligns with kind of what we've seen as a church. Here's, here's what I need you to hear. Um, there is room for you here. And not just, I don't mean just a seat. I mean for you to use your gifts. Yeah. Um, we, we need to be, all of us, on mission. We need to understand how we are wired. This is why we're doing this series right now, Wired. We, we did it a few years back, and because I want you to understand who you are, your story, your personality, your spiritual gifts, and then use them to advance the kingdom. And so what happens is these churches, they start, they get going, and then all the seats on the bus are full. And then it's kind of like, hey, you can watch us drive by um, and enjoy it for a few weeks, but there's no room for you here. Um, that is not where, how we stand as a church. We, we need to constantly be, the mission is way too big, and so we need to constantly be empowering, equipping new leaders. This is why we do team night, to, to pour into you, for you to say, hey, there's space for me here. I, I We we want to constantly be raising up that next generation of leaders because because we have a whole city in desperate need for the church being the church and so I just please hear me on that that is our heart and our passion we it, it is not about gathering a crowd it is about equipping and empowering the saints for the work of the ministry until we all grow into full maturity that is what we're doing as a church here's, here's the third one and this really connects um, to uh, to the second one of empowering power and I'll explain in a second here. Um, We need to have a really intentional connect strategy. So as people are coming in, we need to be very intentional that that as our church grows larger, we are actually growing smaller in, in intimate circles. You want to talk about that a little bit and why that's important?
1: Yeah, because the whole idea of building a crowd is possible if people don't know you. And so why do we want you to be in some form of community, some form of group? Well, because your soul is actually made to be known. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's actually funny for me is, I always forget this until we talk about groups, how I found Rise, because I, I found Rise about a year after you guys planted. Um, I wasn't one of the founding leaders or whatever. I found Rise during a season where I was struggling, I think, with kind of depression. Like, I was really sad, melancholy, going through a bunch of life shifts. We had just had a kid and all of this stuff, Uh, our first son. And I found myself in a place, honestly, of darkness, honestly of despair, and I was invited by my good buddy, Tyler Nobes, to come to a small group that was connected to a church that had just been planted called Rice. And that's actually my first step into our church, was not at the church, but actually into somebody's living room. And so, when I think about the power of how that moment changed my life i get anxious to see every single one of you guys connect to community and see how the holy spirit
0: uses that in your life and so we have this um kind of uh, framework that we want to talk through a little bit. Yeah, so kind of a three-part strategy to connect that we're, that, that we're expanding a little bit. And, and I want to talk through the three elements of it. So uh, first we have what is called meetups and then we have groups and then we have studies. And so I, I just want to explain these. They are all ways of getting connected. What we don't want... Is for you to just fill your entire schedule with all a whole bunch of different things going on. Like, if, if I can be honest, like I, I kind of want two things, you know, from you. I want you to be involved in Sundays, and so that's participating in the life of the church, sitting under the word, worshiping, and 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 also serving. Um, and so I want I want that. And, and then one other thing is for you to actually be connected in community in some way, shape, or form. You cannot do all of these things. All of the, but but uh, this year I want you to take intentional steps in what fits best for you okay so uh, what are meetups well meetups are they're kind of these common interests and so we, we have a few that are that that are go- going right now and and you're going to see uh, it's it's uh, believers gathering around common interests just so you can start to build connections you're going to be able to invite people who would who would never come to church but they would come to a meetup so a couple we have going on so like one of them uh, uh, we have a sunday morning uh, saturday morning uh, guys basketball is getting together it's just a time for to, for them to connect and to sweat together and have fun and, and, and like that, those relationships actually matter. You okay? know this
1: community when men are sweating together.
0: Absolutely. Yes. So, and then they do the sauna afterwards. It's wonderful. Okay. And so, uh, then we have like a mom's meetup as well. Uh, they just had their first one that's once a month. Um, I think they had over 60 moms, uh, uh, gather here on Tuesdays and just a, just a chance to be able to connect over coffee and build relationships and, and, and what that looks like. I think next month, um, uh, Kate Ortega, she's starting one around like how you're wired and you're... It looks looking at how the gospel speaks to where you're at in the Enneagram, I looked through the content, it's incredible of how the gospel, the, the gospel speaks to each of us in different ways, depending on kind of our personalities, and, and it and meets different needs and calls out different, you know, tendencies. But one of the things I want to say about meetups, like, I want some of you guys to start meetups around your passion, okay? Some of you guys are like, I love hiking. Well, wh- wh- why don't you organize a meetup around, around hiking a few times a year and invite people who are new to church or, you know, to, to build connecting intentionally relationships around that. Maybe you're really into CrossFit and maybe you're into, you know, n- knitting or whatever 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 it is. We like he
1: roasting my wife because she's so into knitting. We're like, you need to start a knitting meetup th- for and- like <laughs> All of the 106-year-old women here—it's
0: like a non-subliminal, non-subtle, like, "Hey, when are you gonna start this?" So, but, but I hope you see th- that these co- these common interests and 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 where that can go and what and and what that looks like. Okay. So then the next category is groups, right? So um, we we have uh, man, I, I'm trying to think what the numbers are on wired. Group. Tommy, how many people are signed up for wired groups? 250 including kids, okay? This is this new and inde- I know, I like that cheer, Bree. That was great. That was wonderful. That was... Don't ever apologize for saying... Whoo! Ooh, that's our, you know, that is the rise cattle call. That's what we do on Sundays, right? Uh, and and so, but this is, so it, it, it's a little bit deeper than meetups, okay? It's not just around common interests, but it's actually, hey, um, some of them are around books of the Bible. We're going to do a Bible study. Some of them are sermon-based. You do a meal. Um, w- this is what we used to call city groups, and we just kind of subtly, like, dropped the city just because, I don't know, we saved ink. We just by, don't care about the city anymore. Yeah. And so, obviously, <laughs> yeah, somebody mute him, uh, and so, so we, so, uh, we want cont- to intentionally get, get in circles and to be able to know each other and, and that kind of stuff. So uh, we have men's groups. We have women's groups. Um, let me just say this real quick. We have a new page on our website. Just went live today, rise.cc slash connect. You can find it. And it has meetups with what the meetups are. It has a link. If you're interested in hosting a meetup, you can kind of go through the application process. We want you to, to learn about that. We want to help support you in that. Um, it has groups, so you can get plugged into that. And then lastly, we have studies. And so this is things like Rise Academy, which, which Nolan leads. And I would have him say something about that, but he's going to talk too long. It's absolutely long. amazing. It's absolutely amazing. The teaching try. is breathtaking, you know, such so yeah. as a humble servant of the Lord. I just love right? how red your neck is turning right now. <laughs> it's a buff neck, though. Yeah. So let's pray. Um, we're only... And uh, more Chick-fil-A, okay? <clears throat> Uh, Scott Bean is starting a study um, uh, uh, called rooted where it's like how do we actually go deeper in the word and, and to understand our uh, understand our Bibles um, had a conversation just the other night with somebody about doing a study through like biblical finances and how, how we do that kind of stuff so you can see these categories all of them there's an intention that we would connect deeper to the body of Christ and grow deeper in our walks with Jesus and but but it's an intentional strategy around that and so we want to continue to push forward And and move forward in those things. And speaking of moving forward, all right, number four. Outreach and outside impact, okay? uh, Talk to me a little bit about why this matters, why this would be a goal uh, for us as a church.
1: There is this lost thing that I think a lot of pastors and leaders who teach and so forth, like miss in the uh, book of Acts chapter two, okay? Ready for Bible study real quick? Acts chapter two is uh, 242 and onward is like the passage that um, pastors and leaders define a lot of times the activity of the local church because when the church was birthed, it's like, man, they were meeting together and they were under the apostles' teaching and the prayers and so forth. And there's this one line in there that sometimes doesn't really get uh, looked at, and it says, "...they gained favor with all the people." And man we want to be a church that looks like that. That in our city we're not just a church that's like looking inward navel gazing and all about ourselves, but we are a church that the city is glad got planted because we are um, literally in existence for the common good of this city. That people in 10, 20, 30 years would say, "I am so glad that Rise City Church exists because they are doing so much good in our city." Like our city doesn't even look the same because these people are here amen Amen? Amen. like how awesome would that be and so we exist not only for our city we want to do good in our in among the nations we want to do tangible good so that people see and feel the love of Jesus not just hear us give lip service to it
0: there's a uh, missiologist and he would go around and he would ask churches would your city even feel it if you were no longer there yeah, um, I, think that, I think that Gresham would feel it if Rise was not here, but we're just getting started in that. And as we move and as we grow, it's, the, the tendency of a church is to start to bend inward right? In fact, like you even look at Adam and Eve, what was it? They started to bend inward. They started to care about themselves and trust themselves more. So that's the, always going to be the natural tendency of the human heart. We need to say as a church, we're going to constantly fight to be outward. That, that we, the, church, the local church is the only organization that exists for those who are not a part of it yet. We want to be a church, yes, that makes disciples, yes, that grows in community, but we have a mission to reach those outside of our walls. And so th- part of that strategy is putting on events for, for your neighbors and for your friends and, and loved ones and, and, and reaching and serving. But part of that is actually having an intentional impact on organizations and strengthening them outside of ourselves. And so um, we talked about this a little bit last year, but but th- this is growing in maturity and will continue to grow in maturity, a thing called Kingdom Builders, where, where we're making intentional financial Investment in local partnerships, in global organizations, and then in church planting, okay? So local partnerships is things like My Father's House, things like Laundry Love, where we're actually putting resources into that. Glo- global impact is things like, um, there's an organization called the Timothy Initiative that is planting churches all over, um, really all over the world. They have these training centers. In September, um, I get to go to Sri Lanka and visit some of these pastoral training centers and visit some of for the churches. That through even through our financial giving that we have been a part of helping helping plant as a church and so we want to continue to push into that and then also church, coming around other churches and supporting them that's why we invite pastors from around here to pour into them. There's a local church planner in Portland that meet, meets with us almost weekly um, just to get some of the behind the scenes and we pour into him and pray for him. Um, our, our budget already for kingdom builders for for this year is about a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, that, that like that's a amazing and that's only <clears throat> That's only going to increase as, as we as a church say, all right, we're going to intentionally give to that. But that's what's already even set aside just for this year. And so we need to constantly intentionally be outward focused and, and to make sure that this is, no, this is at the forefront. We want to continue to get better and grow in these areas. And the last one, this is kind of a fun one because it's really, um, it's really kind of vague at this point, but we're, we're just starting to feel it in our bones a little bit, this idea of church multiplication and expansion. And and here's what we here's what we mean. Um, our, our our mission. Um, is is so much bigger than even one one location, and so we 're starting to just even dabble in hey, what does it look like to seek the Lord um, to be a church planting church to open up another location? We literally have no idea where that is right now, um, but we just we 're starting to feel this this pull of like man there there 's this this massive army of people that that are so gifted and and want to make an impact and influence, and we want to continue to multiply um, that impact anything you want to say about about that idea
1: you guys want to plant a church someday <laughs> I, i'll just say this biblically that like jesus um we get two basically commissionings in the scriptures particularly in matthew 28 and acts chapter one and in both of them he talks about well one of them particularly he says look you're going to be my witnesses in judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth right mm. and then what do the disciples go do They're like, we have to reach the entire world with this gospel. How are we going to do that? You know what heaven's strategy was? They went and planted churches. That's what they did. The gospel multiplies
0: as local communities open up for the sake of King Jesus. I hope you see kind of the natural progression here. Like as we grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus through spiritual formation, like we can't help but but outgrow these walls We we have to be a people on mission. As we raise up new leaders and equip and empower new leaders, we can't help but outgrow these walls. As as we get better and better at connecting people deeper into the church, we can't help but multiply the mission. As we continue to reach out, all of this constantly, we want to be pushing outward. Now we don't we don't have a timeline on this. We don't even we we don't have a location on this. But but um, it's this idea of like man, how can we be a church that continues to see our city saturated with the gospel? and and, and seeing our city saturated with the gospel cannot be accomplished just through one church. It needs to be accomplished through the church. So we have to, to pour into, strengthen, give, love the churches around us and, and pray for more and more churches to multiply to where we look at, you look at the Pacific Northwest, and it's this region that is just blanketed with churches that love Jesus, that spread the gospel, that raise up and commission and send out leaders. So this is, man, I don't know if you even have an... It's hard to even grasp how exciting it is to be a part of Rise in a season like this. This is amazing what God is doing and, and what we get to be a part of. So uh, lastly, we're just gonna spend a minute and we're just gonna pray and then we're gonna worship together um, and uh, we're, we're gonna just send these things up to the Lord. You wanna just pray over these, uh, over our church for this next year? Yeah, be my honor.
1: King Jesus, you deserve all the glory for everything happening here. Lord, we lift the name of Jesus on high. God, nothing that has happened over the last eight years would have happened without the power of your Holy Spirit, the will of our Father in heaven, and the fact that King Jesus has already won the victory on the cross and in resurrection. God, this is not to our glory that that rise is growing and that people are being healed and marriages are being restored and youth kids who were doing drugs are giving them up and babies and toddlers and little kids are hearing the gospel for the first time. That is your word. Lord. And so Lord, we just surrender your church. God, your church is not a building, a logo or a website, but your church is the people of God, empowered by the spirit of God in the place of God. And so God, we we right now just pray your continued blessing. God, just as Moses said, like, I don't even want to go forward if your spirit doesn't go with me. Lord, we don't want to move forward in the future as your church unless you are there. So would you just continue to show up, Jesus? Would, would your undeniable hand of blessing continue to be upon this congregation? Would you continue to breathe on us? Would you continue? to stir and startle and and, and uh, rattle people in their sleep at night around our city who don't know you. Would you continue to have uh, just those who are farthest from you continue to walk through those front doors? God, would you continue to allow uh, the stirrings and the rumblings of revival to shake here in Gresham? God, would you let uh, heaven just begin to break through in this region? And Lord, we know that this region is dark. Uh, Yesterday today's message doesn't mean that this region is somehow like on its own inherently good lord we know that this is hard soil but we also know that there is a god who does impossible things and hard soil and so god we pray that we would not surrender the region of the pacific northwest but we would reclaim it for the kingdom instead and so lord we just pray that you would show up and that you would stir particularly stir among us to rise up and to saturate this city with your gospel and all god's people said. Amen.